It is, other than jazz, it's the only other real American art form there is. There's a dirty little secret. You told Clint Parker to turn around and take off his pants. Yes. And did he? Yes. And I just gave him a couple swats. But he gotta eat the booty like groceries. You gonna die doing this dumb ass yeah. f***ing fool? Open your mouth so I can give you this milk. Open your f***ing mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. The truth of the matter is, you were not a good baby. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my friend, until you have a flame coming out of your butthole. And you need an asbestos diaper to be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants. You ain't seen nothing yet. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. They call her Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. That sounds like a choice. What? Yeah, it's, it's for real, for real. I've been drinking. You told me to leave wallet in my order while you're making out with that slut. Being in the industry with how much <laughs> you take on your face. Bam! All upside his head. Just slap him. I can make you slap somebody. This is terrible. This is the key. I had to take off my shoes. So kiss my black. Not okay. Make fun of my nose. They call me ugly. They say I have no friends. Watching other guys that are doing what I want to be doing, and I'm sitting on the couch. Being a loser. On June 1st, I'm jumping in the lake. Laurel, 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 Laurel. Welcome to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9, online for you at WRQK.com. That piece of audio stuck with me all day yesterday. All day. I must have watched another 40 clips on it. And when you play it normal speed, all I hear is Laurel. Then we slowed it down, and all I hear is Iani or Yanni or whatever else people are hearing. <laughs> I don't get it. I said yesterday, I'm not qualified to be in here anymore. No. I don't. I don't. I don't know what's happening anymore. Now there's a new one of these today. We'll actually we'll actually do that for you coming up at eight o'clock. There's another one of these. Now this is going to be about. I would imagine, given most online stints. This is probably, we're in for one of these, what, every two days for about another week and a half, right? Yeah, and then 10 days from now, it's like, all right, There's no, something we're, else we're, done, we're done with this. How are you doing today, buddy? Uh, pretty good, man. It's Friday, so your boy's always feeling good about that. Yeah, you love uh, that one. You know, the sweet sounds of the Rock Wilder just reminding me that, like, <laughs> no, bro, the weekend, it is here. It is upon us. Um, excited to talk to Munch. Hopefully, he'll yeah. have some Cavaliers optimism and insight that'll be able to uh, kind of talk me off the ledge right well, there. Well, spoiler, I already saw one of his posts yesterday. Yeah. He thinks they tie up 2-2. Okay. Well, well, good. I want much to talk me into something good, baby. So where are you on the Cavs right now? Because do you believe they tie 2-2 at home? I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't. And even if they do, I don't know if they win four out of five. That's tough to do. So I, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. And certainly with LeBron on your side, you can feel good about it. But, like, I don't know if I don't know what's going to happen. All right, let me ask you this question I saw from national sports shows yesterday, and I thought that this was interesting. Now, I'm not sure I agree with this, but I get the angle which is better for the legacy long-term to get bounced by the Celtics versus go to the finals and lose the finals. The, the, the argument being that if you, lose in this, whatever, if you lose to the Celtics in this series in 10 years, people don't remember it happened. Right. Where you do remember, A, the finals record, B, the fact that you have lost to this Warriors team how many times now. So, like... What do you think's better long-term legacy? That, that seems so ass-backwards to me. Like, that thought process of it's better to lose earlier than later. Like, and I, I, I genuinely don't understand that. I mean, like, 
you know, and Jordan's the thing's always like, well, you know, he, he won the championship six times. And it's like, well, how many times did he not make it to the championship round? Nine times. If he had a 15-year career and every time he went to the championship, he, he won. won it. it was so, so nine times out of his career, he couldn't get over that team in the East, whoever it was, whatever was in front of him. So how, like, I, that, that, that just, it doesn't make sense in my mind of like why that is worse for you. Losing in the finals as opposed to losing in the semifinals. It kind of proves their point, though, right? Because we forget that. Well, yes, revision is history, and 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 the, the Chicago Bulls shade glasses that people will put on and, and well, remember the, Michael Jordan. Yeah, with. but the six titles is what makes people forget that. It's not, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm not sure LeBron would have that luxury. I think, I think that argument works for teams 20 years ago. We're dude, we're too on stuff now. I think the accomplishment of making it to 10 consecutive finals is its own point. You know what I'm saying? I that's what I think. I won't like, disagree. If he makes it this year, it's what eight consecutive, right? Yeah, because last year was seven. Seven, yeah. So this will be eight. Yeah. So, but I mean, like that to me is like that's impressive in its own right. Now, does that end the argument? No, of course not. It's not. Like, well, boy, that's uh, that's the end of the argument. Greatest basketball player of all no. time. But that it's it, it's a higher accomplishment than getting knocked out out in the semifinals and you can't tell me different. I feel like I agree with you. Like when I saw that yesterday, when I saw that argument yesterday, I was like, I get your angle. Like I get it. I get what you're doing. But like I'm with you that I always say this about Brady. Even the Super Bowls he lost, he made it. Right. And dude, I like the guy who takes me there. Even if you lose, get me there at least. Yeah, certainly from a fan's perspective, if you're a fan of the Patriots, yes, I, I would think you'd much rather lose in the Super Bowl than the NFC cha- Championship game, but I, I don't know. I guess maybe from that perspective of, because that's the thing, is it's hard to separate yourself from your fandom of something and my fandom of the Cavaliers and LeBron and try to look at it from like an objective basketball sports perspective, but it's still, no matter who it is, no matter what sport it is, those numbers just don't add up to me, dude. Making it to the championship is better than not. It is. As a fan this year, I would take an NBA Finals series over losing to Boston and maybe winning the one game. That's how I would feel about it. Our good buddy, Officer Lamar Sharp, will be back nice. in the studio today at 9 o'clock. He, nice. has a, uh, he has another event for his Be a Better Me Foundation. We'll right. talk to Lamar. I love that guy. It's and, uh, dude, he's always good on a Friday. He's a good dude. We'll talk to Munch, 7 o'clock. It's also Rock on the Range Day. I'm flipping the coin. I don't know. I Like, I won't be able to make it today, but okay. I do want to drive down tomorrow. Do you have tickets? I can acquire tickets. Okay. I, I have a friend who's got an extra, and I would love to see Avenged Sevenfold. Okay, I was going to say, who is the band that you're going to see? Avenged Sevenfold is the answer. There. Tool on Sunday would be great. But I don't want to drive back Sunday night and then be super tired for the sh- to start the week on Monday and this and that. And I've seen two a couple of times. Saturday looks like a good day. If I'm reading this lineup right, I get Avenged Sevenfold, Stone Sour, and Three Days Grace is like the three like headliners right. that day. Yeah, and as long as I mean, and then I don't got to leave early. Like I can go down in the middle of the day. You could, I mean, you could go depending on who the first day band you want to see is. If it's not till four, you can leave whenever. But like, you don't have to be there all day. Exactly. If you want to come and like, all right, I know Event Seven Fold plays at nine. You can show up at eight o'clock. You'll be fine. Yeah, it's like Trivium's probably the first band that day. I would be like, all right, let me like, I would like this. Oh no, 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 dude. The band you and I both love uh, is playing Saturday, Who's probably that? really early. Wilson, Wilson is so good. They are so good. See, but now you got a good option there. And if you do want to be like, "Yo, I'm getting up in the morning," in the morning, I'm getting out the door by ten. Well, you'll still be fine. I mean, I'll be up at eight o'clock tomorrow morning. Yeah, I was, gonna, I, mean? I was gonna say, dude, you can make a day out of it down there.
I would like to see Avenged Sevenfold, man. That band's really good. I, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit jealous. Stansbury, Rock on the Range, down there, Columbus, Ohio. What are you working all weekend? Ah, dude, I'll be at work all, all weekend long. Where's, uh, where are you doing all this? All weekend long. Uh, first and foremost, uh, today i got to go over with Project Rebuild to the uh, to the house that they're working on. I'm going to be painting that bad boy with them. Oh, good them. for you. And then uh, tonight, I'll be at the Moonshine Bar. Tomorrow night, I'll be at the Moonshine Bar. I'll have things going on. So uh, yeah, Your boy's working. Your boy's got things going on. Fantone's very busy. Yeah, all of a sudden, I'm the new Stansbury around here. Stansbury just, just Kicking his feet back, not working at the Agora anymore. I'll take over all the shifts. Just, just, just slugging away. <laughs> you gotta do it. Just slugging gotta away. Do it. And since you don't have to, because we're passing out money every single hour, your first shot to win a thousand dollars is right now. Your shot at one thousand dollars now. Text the keyword money to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's money to two hundred two hundred. Rock one zero six one zero six nine. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show and Rock 1069. About a half hour, we'll talk to Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Sports. On loan to us from Fox Sports 1350. You can hear him everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Interested to get his take on this Cavs series. I know he thinks they tie up at 2 2. Munch can be a little guilty of being a homer every now and again. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to see if he's come back down to earth and see what he, uh, see what he thinks happens here. I, uh, I want to talk to him about Baker too. I want to I want to start getting Munch thoughts on Baker, the 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 snap issues, the the things that you know he's done. I want to I want to talk Baker. So again, I heard this yesterday, and I, I said about the hard knocks thing with the Browns yeah. that I'm not necessarily worried about Baker Mayfield. I'm worried about what the effect of Baker Mayfield does to the fan base. I don't think because you got camera crews around practice that that means Baker's going to go nuts. I don't... You are who you are, right? Now, I hear that teams hate this. That, like, coordinators don't like it, and that, like, the rumor is, is, like, Got, like coaches hate this stuff. Yeah, I read something yesterday, and they were talking about the 15 years of of hard knocks Jeez, and and the terrible results for like every team involved. Like it's like not only do you end up being losers, you also end up firing guys. There ends up being like these turmoil issues, and it's like, well, that would have happened, and just because what was 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 HBO what caused it? I don't know, but it seems like a dark cloud follows the teams that do hard knocks. I mean, the Bucks last year were on it, went five and eleven. And I mean, they got a, I mean, they were building a pretty good roster down there. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it is a camera crew around you weeks before the season start affect how you play in week four. I, you know what I mean? Right. I, I, I don't right. know. I don't think I don't know. I, I, I would doubt it. I, you know, I would hope that what you're dealing with here is professional. I think and I, I can go back to the point that I made yesterday as pretty valid of like. The cameras are already there. You know what I'm saying? Like, WKYC is already there. You've already got, like, you know, Browns cameras following you around. You've already got NFL Network cameras following yeah. you around. I don't think throwing HBO into the mix is all of a sudden going to be like, well, that was the one that tipped the whole thing. Now, they're different, right? Because don't they just set up cameras in certain areas and, like, almost to the point where you kind of forget they're there sometimes? I do not know what that... I don't know how the setup is. I was going to say, but, like... Don't, don't don't like when they film the Browns like they have a Browns like series on YouTube and when they do that it just seems like the cameras are there so like I don't know it, to me it doesn't feel like a big deal but it for a lot of other people it obviously is yeah. like well I mean you can't I mean teams have done poorly after being on it that is true I you know that's a lot like the if you're on the cover of the Madden football game next thing you know you're gonna break your leg in half I you know what I mean I I I don't know what's going on there I. I just worry 
I mean, dude, Baker Mayfield is one of these guys. He's kind of a star. Like, he's kind of a, like a celebrity already, you know? And so I just, I worry what's going to happen is people are going to want to rush this kid out on the field because, again, you're going to watch him throw dimes in practice. Do you think outside of Oklahoma and Ohio he's a star? I don't know if he is. I don't. I don't know. I'm not saying no, but I don't think that I don't think that passive football fans, you know, just like people who watch, necessarily know who he is in Detroit. I don't think they know who he is right, in Florida. I'll I don't, say, you know, before becoming the number one pick, probably not. Number one pick normally rockets you in the household name territory, but it doesn't feel. No, I, I, you may be right because like. Who's the number one draft pick last year? Overall, I don't know who it was. Two years ago, I don't know who it was. Well, two it, years ago, we know it's Carson Wentz. Okay, all right, but like, <laughs> no, but, I'm sorry, take, one second. But you take golf one first, right? Yeah, I mean, but you take my point right, there. Of yeah. like, I think for like casual sports fans, people that aren't necessarily like, well, dude, I better be brushed up on this because if Stansberry asks me about it tomorrow, I don't want to look like an idiot. Like, I think John Q. Public out there, I think they're just like, you know, so, I don't, I don't think they know who Baker Mayfield is. Jared was Jared Goff was two was number one two years ago. Because they were the most improved offensive last year with Sean McVay, their new head coach. Um, I don't know who the first pick last year was. See, like I don't think I, I think I, I think can't remember. I don't think the star thing is nearly as much to worry about him as it is because, and it's funny that you know Manziel, who went at twenty two or twenty four or whatever, he had that mindset. He had that like I'm going to push myself into a celebrity status. I don't necessarily view that with Baker Mayfield. What you want, or what I want, I should say is I want Baker Mayfield to become the biggest star in the NFL, but I want it to be because of what he's doing on Sunday. Like, that's what I want. I want him to be the biggest celebrity there is in the game, but because you can't beat him, and all he does is throw touchdown passes. You know what I mean? Like, give me a world beater on Sunday. Become famous that way. Johnny just wanted to be famous, and I don't get that vibe particularly from Baker Mayfield. Like, it doesn't feel to me like this kid's just out to be as famous as he could possibly be. Where that was the take I kind of got from Johnny. It Thus far, now it's not very far, but thus far, it does feel like Baker Mayfield wants to be a football player. I'm reading this article, dude, that suggests that eight hours of sleep is no longer what you need. Okay. They say it actually varies. Now, they say eight's the gold standard. Okay, so if you can get it, get it. But most people cannot get it. They say that they would like to see you in all, or to go through, I'm sorry, five cycles of the three different stages of sleep. Stage one, just starting to fall asleep, and then the final stage, which is the third one, which is um, the REM, which is the rapid eye movement, or dreaming sleep. That's when you're in deep, uh, deep sleep there. And he says, you, have to, you just have to be honest with yourself. If you're only getting six hours of sleep, but you feel good, you're probably all right. But if you don't feel good, don't just tell yourself, ah, you're fine. I feel all right. I'm fine. Get more sleep because it, it's ruining you. He says what a lot of people do is they lose sleep all week, and then they try to catch up on it on the weekend, which isn't going to happen. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Sleeping in on the weekend is nice, but it doesn't make up for a four-hour, you know, a four-hour night. how dumb we are on Friday morning. What you want to know who the number one pick was last year? Thank God, Twitter. Thank, you know what? Is that, ah. it, Yeah. Miles Garrett. It, yeah. I mean, oh, my God. How dumb are we? Okay. All right. So there you go. Miles Garrett. I, I apologize. Shouldn't go backwards like that. But I bring this up because you're a sleep fanatic. I am. Like you legitimately do try to go from eight from eight p.m. till four a.m. Mm-hmm. eight to four. I probably 
never get, even on the weekend, like Friday, people are always so shocked to find this out, but Friday night normally is when I go to bed the earliest. All week long, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. And then Friday night comes and it's like, I've done it all week. And now I'm just like so tired that I'm normally in bed very early Friday night. I don't know what point in my life it was when I decided like sleep was a priority to me. And I'm not like I'm not like a crazy sleeper on the weekends. I'm not like sleeping until like noon and like getting 12 hours of sleep ever. But like the concept of like, dude, if you don't get seven to eight hours of sleep, like and like they said, yeah, I can power myself through it. You know what I mean? Like you can push and you can say like, ah, dude, whatever. I'm fine. I'm tough. But it's like, dude, your life sucks. Like your head hurts. You don't want to do anything. Like you've got this like lethargic like about you all day. So like, and I know, I know there's plenty of people out there. It's like, boy, it must be nice. And I'm gonna tell you right now, it's friggin' amazing. It's really nice. Like, I'll probably go to bed tonight around 11, which is late for me on a Friday. You know what I mean? And I'll, but I'll still be up by like 6:30. Like, I get up pretty early, and then, then tomorrow night I'll probably, you know, if I don't go out, like when I don't work on the weekend, like that's normally what screws up my sleep is that you know you you work all week and then you work you know sling drinks on the weekend and then. By the time I drive home, if I work a Saturday night show, we're done. Let's say we're done pouring at 1, get out of the bar at 2. Now I drive another hour to get home. It's now 3 Sunday morning. You don't go to sleep right away. Now you're in bed Sunday morning, 4 o'clock, as I'm normally getting up for the week. And then I try to wake up like four hours later. That way I can go to bed again Sunday night. Do that bartending on the weekend stuff. It's for the birds. Yeah, this uh, this job definitely makes it uh, tough to do. But uh, and I know kids, and it's gonna be like, well, I got kids, and it's like, well, I'm sorry, dude. I genuinely am. If your baby's crying, but like, eventually your baby's gonna be five, and they're sleeping through the night. So like, go to bed, dude. Put your phone down. Like, you know, quit quit sitting there watching Netflix and go get some sleep, man. So they say that 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 you should in here. They actually address that, which is take your phone. And tell yourself that two hours before you want to go to bed is your cutoff of like communication, of reading emails, reading social media, because the more you do it, the more you're just triggering that center of your brain. I um I don't have a problem with that. I can be on the couch, say, all right, I'm looking at my phone, and then be like, all right, I'm going to bed. As long as I'm not looking at it in bed, that's where the problem is for me. Is like once I lay down and start looking at it, then I'm like, okay, well, now I'm awake and I'm looking at it. As, I, long, as long as it's not in bed, I'm okay. I am so guilty of just like laying in bed, trying to fall asleep, and looking scrolling through it. timelines. I That's what happened to me last night i got like no sleep last night i mean a little like probably two and a half hours but not very much and that was part of the reason why i was being texted and i was like well i could just be like dude i gotta go to bed leave me alone but i was like nah i want to hear what she says next and do you, do you turn your notifications off when you go to bed not really like mine has like a timer where it's like from like eight to three like if you send me a text or if you send me like you know a facebook message my phone won't make the notification like the, the during those hours oh i normally shut most of my notifications off my phone's normally on not make a whole a lot of noise mode and so i normally keep like a lot of that stuff turned off and then because the alarm still works whether you, you know what i mean you turn that stuff off or not so like i don't really deal with a whole lot of that it's just i'm an addict i just keep going back for the you know for for, for the easy brain hit of like the timeline 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 and it just it, it's one of those things that drives me crazy about myself and sure enough i robbed myself of so much sleep last night and i would feel so much better today had i not done that but I recommend getting as much, like sevens normally, if I get se- like eight, I, don't, I, I can't tell you the last time I got eight, but when I, if I can get seven hours of solid sleep, I feel pretty good. Anything over six. You know what I mean? That's and probably like, fair. That's probably six to eight is probably where most adults need to be. Yeah. Sevens where I normally feel the best. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. I'm Rock 106.9. 
played you a little Soundgarden because we found out this morning is the year anniversary of us losing Chris Cornell. It was uh, May 18th of last year where he had hung himself. That was right. Yeah, and that makes sense, yeah. right? Because that was right before they were they were scheduled to play Rock on the Range. Yeah, I was going to say it was in, in this time frame. So I'm not necessarily shocked to see that, but a year gone. I have met slash interviewed so many rock band people, right? And he was like one of the nicest dudes I had ever met, ever. Um, and you, if like if you were working at one of the other radio stations and you didn't know that was Chris Cornell from at that time, I believe it was, no, he was on a solo tour at that point. Um, but like Audio Slave and Soundgarden, if you didn't know that and you had just been introduced to him, you would have just thought he was like one of our buddies who was just like super nice. I mean, he was like so nice, really gracious, um, was willing to sing on the spot, wasn't scheduled to do it. He was just sitting next to us in the studio and we were like, hey, dude, will you give us a little bit of this? And he did it. And uh, that would, it's just, again, I understand depression pretty well, um, ha- having been close to people who have it. I feel like I have it. I won't, I haven't been, you know, diagnosis clinically depressed that's a whole nother ball of wax i don't think i have that and i feel for people who do it just goes to show you man you can have it all you could be playing sold out shows in columbus people can't wait to buy your merch with your name on it all that stuff do you can have it all and feel like you have nothing did chris cornell was it ever like official in the sense of like this is why he killed himself or this is what you know what I'm saying like I felt like that was kind of like a well dude I think he choked himself while he was J&O and like well that was the end of it I mean I know after it came out there were some loose rumors of you know he had been struggling with some things and people close to him had said hey look there you know what I mean there were some underlying things and again I remember saying like well I mean dude listen to the music the guy made like it's not again like I always say this, dude, art does not come from this functional place. It just doesn't. It comes from what your dysfunction is and what your issues are and what your problems are. Like, that's where it all comes from. That's why you relate to it, by the way. His uh, his wife um, is uh, ripping the probe. I'm taking this from the headline here. Is ripping the probe a year after his death, saying that investigators aren't doing their job, that things aren't. Now... Of course, that could just be a wife who's disgruntled wife. Right? Well, right, who's who's hurt and who's you know lost her husband, and and but at the same time, I mean, I don't, I don't, I just don't know what the details of it all were. Well, what's the probe? Does she believe that he did not kill himself? Then, I mean, how far do you got to look into a suicide? Um. 52-year-old singer died May 18th, ruled a suicide less than two hours after he died from asphyxiation from a rubber band exor- a rubber exercise band in the MGM Grand and, and Fox. Vicky Cornell has joined other fans and experts in questioning the official story. She claims the medical examiner conducted a botched investigation, leaving holes in the narrative that has spurred conspiracy theorists to make all sorts of false accusations and subjected me to constant online attacks. This has left me and my family still looking for answers, but at the same time set a whirlwind off of conspiracies. Some of the people are just looking for answers, but some of them are looking to hurt my children and me. So what does she think happened there? That somebody killed Chris Carnell and made it look like some, that he hung himself? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, I, is, this, is this her looking for saying that, well, why would it only take you two hours? Well, if you choked yourself while you were 
you know what I'm saying? If you're sitting there in a room with a with a noose around your neck, I don't know why it would it take more than two hours. I'm guessing he did not leave a note then, right? Obviously, I, I can't remember the facts of the case from a year ago, but I'm guessing if this is the way she feels, that there was no documentation from him saying, hey, I'm out, I'm jumping off this chair. Right, right? yeah, 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 screw the world or whatever, you know, the, the, the letter says there, so... I don't know. I, I, you know, to me, like I said, I think this could very much just be a heartbroken wife that yeah. is trying to find sense and nonsense. But you got to go somewhere with grief, and a lot of times people will, will misplace it. We got to remember it's only been a year, yeah. and you know the, the process of grief can take much longer than that. Um. So does this mean that uh, Chester Bennington's suicide has to be right around the corner, right? Because I felt like that was right after. That was pretty close, right? Because that's what everybody kept saying. Yeah. Jeez, we just lost Chris Cornell, and now we have yeah. that. So I can't imagine that it will be too much longer. The thing I'll say about Chris Cornell, and I think I said this when he died, is like, you know, you and I never try to over-sentimentalize, you know, artists or celebrities when they die or anything like that. But I think Chris Cornell and Soundgarden and Audio Slave both had the capacity to continue to make good music. So it just kind of sucks that that didn't get to happen. You know, yeah, I felt like there was probably a reunion of Audio Slave that was going to happen uh-huh. at some point, and and like that was going to be good. And yeah, I think Soundgarden was one of those yeah. bands that had been around long enough, but could still give you new art today that would be worthwhile. I agree with that. And Chris could sing anything. Yeah, real great singer. He was, an, yeah, he had an amazing voice. And again, I love that solo record he did with Timberland. People hated it, trashed it, but I loved it. I thought it was great. Talk to Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Sports. Get you hooked up with $1,000. That's next on Rock 1069. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We have $1,000 to pass out. We, however, do not have Mark Munch Bishop. Man. We have to, bunk, uh, we have to bump Munch until 8 o'clock this morning. He had, uh, he had some stuff come up with, I believe, his son getting people off to school and that whole thing. So I was like, yeah, you know what, dude, we'll do it at 8. Man. So we're going to discuss something now on the program. Actually, no, you know, no, we're not. So yesterday I was, dude, there's, well, there's a bunch of stuff going on with the president. We're going to get there at some point today. I haven't talked about the president much in the last couple of, well, weeks. I've been trying to stay away from it. Yes. And, uh, but there's just a couple of things in the news right now with the president. One of them good. One of them really, 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 really good, actually. And a, a couple of them not so. And I was going to examine it, but actually, dude, I... I, we had said yesterday on the program that I am guilty of this. And then I got in the car to go home, and I got very guilty of this. Okay. So much so that I took a live video of it. Okay. And I posted it. It's at facebook.com slash the Stansbury Show. You can still see the video there. I should probably take it down. I don't know why it's still up there. But I started to lose my mind behind the wheel of the car again yesterday. Okay. And what I didn't think of, well, you know what? So there I get, I, I get on 77. I'm going home. It's beautiful out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So I know, okay, it's Thursday. We're pretty much at the end of the work week. It's really, really nice out. Haven't played in a week. This is a golf day for sure. I can just feel it, right? Okay. So I'm going. So I'm all excited to get home. Let's get changed into shorts and some golf attire. Let's hit the course. Let's do that whole thing. I'm, I'm psyched, pumped, ready to go. Now, one of the things I love about Canton, Ohio, is that you can be anywhere in this town in 10 minutes. Yeah. Even when traffic is bad, you can normally get to where you got to go pretty fast, right? It's just not that big of a place, right? And there I was on 77, and it was like bumper to bumper, all three lanes. You could tell, I don't know which lane this this accident I'm going to go by is in. Everybody, let me move here, and then move there, and then move there, right? And it was just, it just hit me where I was like, I, I could feel, like I said yesterday on the show, <laughs> I could feel my forehead tightening. Like, that's like what happens, right? 
And so I was like, all right, maybe we should document this. And actually, one of the guys says, do you even know how to use a cell phone? Because it was one of those things where you were moving like every 30 feet and then stopping. And I didn't want to be guilty of doing this and run into somebody else and create more of a problem while bitching about the problem. Yeah, I was going to say that would be problematic is like, oh, well, let me document this and I'm going to pull my phone out and start recording it. And then you cause an accident. Yeah, you really would have looked like an a-hole there. And I, I don't understand where this comes from. I could not be. You would have to go out of your way to be any less important than I am after this show's over. Like, I got nothing to do. Right. Nowhere to be. Right. No responsibilities whatsoever. Even though you want to go golf, it's not like the Elms is going anywhere. No. It's there. It's not. It's you you know right what I'm there. saying? It's okay. It's all right. I am literally free-falling after 10, 15 in the morning yeah. every single weekday, right? Okay. I'm lit. So, I don't understand where this... Anger comes from, and I even said it in the video, Fantone. What I don't get is, I have, and Fantone will tell you, I have worked extremely hard over like the last year and a half, probably about two years, of trying to keep anger in check in my life. I now again, I'm guilty of every now and again something happens here at work, and I'll like blow up, right? But it's nowhere near as bad as it used to be. I am working on it. Yeah, I mean, at, at your core, you are who you are, but you've definitely put effort in in that realm. So yes, I will, I will, I will agree to that. To 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 achieve change in you, you have to do work. It's not you know what I mean. It's not going to happen on its own. And so I don't understand why I can. In something that matters to me more, like here, not necessarily do what used to happen, but it, something about the car, it I can't get rid of it. I can't let it go. I think I think what you have going on there is losing it here, and that's going to cause issues for you. It's very high risk at this point. Where yeah, you feel better, or you feel like you're you, you know moment, you're justified but. in this, right? You feel like. I am mad. I want to express it. I want to get it out of me. And there, I'm just going to start screaming at work. There's consequence to that. There is. I mean, like, but at the end of the day, there's no consequence in your car, primarily. Now, if you start screaming at people and start challenging them to the fights in the middle of 77, then yes, of course, you're going to get shot. Something's going to have something terrible. But for the most part, as long as you keep that car rage contained inside the four doors of your vehicle right there, it's relatively, there's not what's going to happen to me. I can indulge in this. I can let it out. I can feel the anger and not, you so, know. I forgot, though, that yesterday it's about 77 degrees. Right. Nice out. Right. The windows cracked. Right. And I'm screaming in the car. Okay. <laughs> okay. And you forget that, obviously, it's 77 degrees. It's nice out. The person parked next to you on the freeway has got their windows down, too. Yes, and do. is now listening to yes, everything do. you're doing, screaming as if nobody can see or hear you like a crazy person. Now, this was all over by the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, getting, pretty much. Getting towards that well, area. And here's what really worried me. And this is how selfish I can be. Right here. I got home and I thought to myself, oh, God, you have no idea what that accident was. Yeah. What if somebody died? Right. And there you are on video going, Jesus Christ, can't get to the golf course. What's the matter with you people? Right? And like, look how selfish I am. I don't know. And I must have been. I don't know if I was ahead of you or behind you. I think I must have been behind you because after I left yesterday, I went up to my girlfriend's work and dropped something off. And so I should, I think I might have been behind you. Um, she but, forgot your testicles at home. <laughs> what happened? Honey, you left these at home. What happened is, is I don't know. What, I heard a one-way driver was going the wrong way. Oh, what I saw is there was a, a, a car that had like boxes, 
and all these boxes dropped off. And in these boxes, I don't want to say they were, they were round discs. Yeah, they weren't yeah, like I saw that. they weren't like film canisters, but they were these round metal discs. They look like film canisters. That's what the, I thought they were. versions of those, but yeah. that's exactly what they look so, like. Yeah. So I don't know because in, it was a ton of boxes too, and it was just this lady in a car who had her car pulled over into the into the you know to the shoulder there on the left, and she was get, she had gotten out of her car and was picking these things up, and then I was sitting there, and a semi truck came up behind her. And he got out. Now, the entire, at this point, the entire left lane is filled with these things. He got out and started helping her pick them up, too. And I think I was like, well, that's nice. But, like, dude, no effing way am I getting out of my car on 77 no. trying to pick stuff. Dude, no. no way. I changed a tire once on 77 when I first moved down here. And honestly, dude, a, a, a guy flicked a cigarette butt at me when I was on the side of the road. I was like, dude, the show's not that bad. Leave me alone. And then, dude, I almost got hit once. That's scary stuff out there, yeah, man. Yeah, dude, no way. Dude. I mean, it was it was nice of him to like put his truck behind her because that way, if like someone hits or you know if someone runs yeah. into it, you're gonna hit the truck, not her necessarily. But when he got out and started picking that stuff up, I was like, bro, yeah. no, thank you. I don't know what was in those film canisters if it was film or what the hell it was. But to me, they just look like metal discs. Let those things go. I was losing my <laughs> ish. Like I had the window down. I was like, I want to throw this phone. I want to smack. I want to break the window that's not even rolled up. I do. Your boy was losing it. I just. I don't know what it is about the car. It becomes like, I think the thing's a tank. Like, as soon as you put me in it, I'm like, I'm ready to blow things up. Every hour, your shot at $1,000. Next one, right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's BILLS to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, online for you at WRQK.com. I'm being hit up by a bunch of people right now like, yo, man, we're just getting up. We're making our way down to Columbus, man. We're going to Rock on the Range. Thanks for the tickets. We're going to have fun. Yeah, I'm stuck here. I'm just kidding. My life's actually really good. I have no reason to be complaining. Unless I'm in the car stuck in traffic. Then I'm going to rage a bitch, do do all that stuff. Outside of that, I got no reason to be complaining about anything. Got it pretty good. You can find Fantone this evening, and I believe also tomorrow evening behind the bars, you're going to be at that Moonshine Bar. Correct. And uh, I want you to be careful. Okay. Okay. There is, uh, there's another one of these stories out here, and I don't love these. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure where I really land on this. I understand people want to hold people accountable for everything that happens, and I get it. But I'm not sure I really love when this happens. But another bartender has been charged with over-serving somebody and this man got behind the wheel of the car and did not kill himself behind the wheel of the car, but he, he ran a red light and then hit a, a, a car with a couple of teenagers in it who were like coming back from prom or whatever and killed one of them. Oh, boy, man, dude. If you are a parent, the dead teenager at prom is probably one of your worst fears that, like, dude, he's oh. going to wrap his car around. He's going to get drunk. He's going to get hammered. He's going to, you know, drive under eight. And, and it's, it's a worst fear for you to find out that your kid dies in a drunk driving accident on prom night that he did not cause. Oh, my God. What a tough pill that is to swallow. Never put it through that filter, but you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So they traced it back to this bar in Houston he had been at. And this bartender served him 11 beers. Right? So she served him 11 beers. Right. All right. And then, again, he got behind the wheel of the car. 
Um, he this case has already gone through court. His case has already gone through court. He's been convicted of murder. He's going to do thirty two years in prison, right? Um, he's so he's going to do some while, which. All right, he killed somebody, so 32 years is a lot. My, my, at first, I was going to be like, wait, so you can rape somebody, you're out in six, right. but, you, but, well, but a car accident, you're in third, but he did kill somebody. It's not that I think he should get out earlier. I think rapists should be in longer. It's essentially, right. I'm going okay. the long way to say that, right? But I don't love when they charge bartenders with this stuff. I, it, it, it gets tricky for me because you got to understand that not every bar is the same, so making like this a blanket thing is very scary, right? Now, if you work most places, I feel like I can say that most places probably have a point of sale system, right? Right. POS system is what they're called, but a point of sale system, meaning everything's on a screen. Your tab is on a screen. And so when, before you go to print it or, or every time somebody orders something, you pull up that order, you add something to it, right? But where, so are we now going to get to the place where they say you cannot serve a customer any more than X amount of alcoholic beverages while they're in our establishment? Is that, I mean, is the, it sounds like this is where we're headed. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a crazy thought. If you're being logical about things, like it's not, that's not like, oh my God, because like you, if you're going to be responsible for this, then you have to take some ownership of like, well, then we can't have more than three drinks because I don't want to be legally liable as the bar owner, as the bartender, as anything like that. So in the sense of like, well, protecting yourself, can I understand why like that would, that would be a thought? Yeah. I mean, I just wonder if we're going to get to the point where when you show your ID to get in a bar, they hand you four drink tickets and you use those and you're done. Yeah, I was going to say because, like, you know, Sansbury works at the Agora. There's seven different bars in there. So this is and this is one of the reasons why I want to talk about this. Right now, we are trained as bartenders and you should be. And the Agora is actually very vigilant on this. They are on us constantly about this concert venue different than a normal bar. Yes, for sure. And we are kind of told to be out on the lookout for people being intoxicated is the word they use because it can be a million things in a concert mm-hmm. club, right? It could be a million things. But we're kind of like trained to look at it this way. But again, there's seven different points of sale. Now, alcohol affects people differently, right? There are guys I know that can drink 25 beers, not, not slur a word. Then you can go out with a woman. She can drink half a martini. And she can be passed out in the backseat of an Uber. And even think about within yourself how many times, like... You can delay the the reaction where it's like you can drink, you know, six beers in two hours and you're like, no, I'm fine. And then a half an hour later, you're like, whoa, I am not fine. So we have point of sales at the bar I work at, but we do not hold tabs. So I don't know everything you've had. So if you were upstairs all night and you somebody served you 16 beers and I don't know, you come downstairs and you're not swaying, you're not slurring, you're not doing anything, you can hold your liquor what what is to stop me from serving you? Yeah, and I mean certainly people paying cash in places, so it's not like you're necessarily going to be able to no count all record. those things in right. your head up there. Um, and you got to think too. This puts bartenders and servers in a very tough predicament here because it's like, okay, I do not want to be held responsible for this. I don't want my you know my clients to be intoxicated behind the wheel or anything like that. But if I tell this dude, hey, I'm not serving you anymore. There goes your tip, dude. 100%. There goes your tip. And if you do that three, four, five times a night, how am I supposed to pay my rent now? If you're at the point where you're cutting people off, and I've had, dude, I've served for a long, long time, right? If you're at the point where you are cutting a bar patron off 
it is about 95% of the time it is going to go sideways for you on some level. Like, it's not necessarily going to get physical, but you're definitely going to have to talk somebody off the ledge. Very rarely do people give up and go, you know what? Yeah, you know what, dude? You're right. Too drunk. You know what? Another one's too many for me. You're good call, buddy. So you're right. If you're just slinging drinks at the corner bar down the street from your your house, and dude, let's be honest, most bartenders don't make a ton of money. Of course. And so you're just trying to buy Pampers or whatever the hell it is, and you're like, well, because this is where it always comes down to me, is that you are legally not allowed to serve drinks to people who are under the age of 21. And if after 21, if you walk into a bar and you want to get blacked out drunk, I don't know why that's my responsibility not to allow that to happen. I think legally you're not allowed you're to not. you're not allowed to serve patrons that you think are intoxicated. If you, if you think they're drunk, you are supposed to turn them away. I mean, and just think about every friggin' bar. Now there's some places where you go and you have two beers and it's like, well, you got a two for twenty five and you got two beers. But when we're talking about true to the heart bars, like college bars, like, dude, that's the sole reason they exist is to get you hammer drunk. That's it. That's all they do. Well, I mean, and again, mo- having owned a bar. People misunderstand, like, people who drink, drink. Right. Like, that's what they do. Like, they're just, dude, as soon as they're done with work, they're at their corner bar, they're at this, then they probably pick up a six-pack on the way home, and maybe two shots before bed. Drinkers drink. It's just a watch to them. It's just, it's just what they do. It's just exactly, I mean, again, owning a bar, I could tell you every day I could look at my watch and be like, all right, Mikey's about to walk in, Harry's going to be here in 20 minutes, and then Jack will show up, I'll play pool with him for a little while. I could have set my clock by them dudes, because it's just, that's what they do. They're just drinkers drink. And so if I'm the bar owner and I've bought all the booze, I own it all, but the only way I can make money is to sell it to you, then isn't it against my best business practice to not sell as much of this as humanly possible? It's it's a dilemma right there because, like I said, I mean, yes, it is 100% in your best interest to sell all that booze at the highest price that you can, um, but then somebody's going to wrap their car around a telephone pole, and then you're going to lose your liquor license. You're going to end up with fines. You're going to end up in legal predicaments there. So, it, it, I mean, at this point, it's like, why, why own this bar? You could do something else and make a lot more money. Oh, dude, owning a bar right now, I think, is very tough I, I think I've talked about this before on the show, and I think it's ridiculous that every bar, if you have a liquor license, if you if you th- you know through the through the state have a liquor license, you have to have a breathalyzer. That way, I can legally tell instead of my bartenders. Well, is he swaying? Is he slurring his speech? What's happening here? No, blow into this, and that's where your line is. Again, it's not a bad idea for the safety of everybody. As a bar owner, I wouldn't want it. Wouldn't want it at all, because once you get up to point oh eight, three drinks in, you're done. Jeremy says in Germany, what they'll do is they'll give you a, a card. They take your picture, and it's in the system on that card. You use that card to buy drinks all night. You pay on your way out, and then that's supposed to control how much you consume, he says, but they don't do that. Yeah. Wayne tweets in and has asked this. This is a great question. What about people buying rounds for other people? How's that going to work? Like, if you're at table 20 right. and the waitress is busy, I'll just go to the bar and get them. And, but again, you're not supposed to serve one person. I believe it's any more than two drinks. Yeah, if like, I come up and say, hey, give me six shots, you know. I need to see a couple of other people bring some IDs with you. Like, we, I, the, again, the amount of people who get mad at me at the Agora for that, like, well, dude, show me the other three people. Go bring them. I can't just give you 16 beers and let you walk off with them. That's crazy. I just, I, I we, we're removing personal accountability and everything just to make sure we can 
make more people criminals. You know what I mean? Like the criminal is the guy who got behind the wheel of the car. He knew not to do that. So I'm not sure why the bartender has to be in trouble. Now, again, I serve, Fantone serves, I've owned bars, and so I just kind of feel maybe close to this, maybe closer than I should be to it, and so maybe that's why I'm like, ah, we got to get our arms around this, but it just, I just don't want to see good people lose their jobs because they're just trying to put food on their table for their kids, and Fantone's right. The minute you start telling people about laws and this and that, that tip tip. shrinks. No tip. And so, dude, now you're working against what's good for the bar owner and what's good for for the bar staff. I'm not in love with these kind of laws. I absolutely hate them. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. You may have seen this yesterday as I posted it, but uh, a guy named Clay sent me a picture. And apparently he was garage sailing in Navarre. And somebody was selling a Stansberry Show pint glass for 25 cents. Man. Yeah, that's uh, that'll keep the ego in check right yeah. there. You know, yeah. <laughs> and that, that that keeps feet firmly planted on the ground. Now, like I understand, you know, people are gonna hawk things, people are gonna get them and then sell them and try to, you know, make money. But twenty five cents at a garage sale, like well, not only that, would you walk good. up to the table and ask me for it for if you just were gonna like sell it? Twenty five cents. You know what it was? They what? didn't walk up to the table and ask it. We were we probably commandeered some bar. We're right. walking around. Hey, we got to get rid of these. Put them on your table. Take you throw it. it away. Take it. I don't want it. That's like, dude, your first like five years in the radio business is legitimately walking around handing things to people, and you're basically saying, "Here, you throw this away." I don't want this. You don't <laughs> want this. All right, what? Are it's we a sticker. Do? Put it on something. That was a a tough saw. I saw that yesterday, and I was like, not the best. The good thing is, is like, I think it's funny. You know what I mean? Like, I know guys who work in this business who are so thin-skinned where that would make them crazy. And they would feel like, oh, my God, everybody hates me. Or, like, what do you do? Or would get angry about it. And it's like, I just think it's funny. It's a pint glass, for Christ's sake. I was going to say, at the end of the day, I mean... I'm sure that person still listens. You know what I mean? I don't think it's an indictment on you or I. Yeah, I think we're okay. Maybe they're just desperate. Maybe they're like, God, dude, I got to be another rock in my system. I got to do it. I'll sell this Jeez. chance show glass. I don't care. 25 cents right now. Here. I don't believe crackheads listen. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe they do. Okay. All right. I mean, the radio got hawked, right? I mean, they, they, okay. they, right. you done sold that, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe. I also saw this three years ago today on the cover, Sports Illustrated. Under the headline, Unbreakable. Ronda Rousey is the world's most dominant athlete. How fast were we on Ronda Rousey as a country, right? Like, I mean, it was just, and again, there are, this is a little bit the Tiger Woods effect, right? You see somebody be awesome at something that you weren't expecting. You were not expecting a phenomenal African-American golfer. You just weren't expecting that to happen. And then it came out. It was Tiger. He's the best you'd ever seen. You fall in love with it, right? Yeah, not just phenomenal, but the best you've ever seen. The best, Yeah, the best you've ever seen at it. Then here comes Ronda Rousey, and again, a sport dominated by men, and, and well, really, still is, dominated by the male side of things. They have female divisions. And here comes this woman, and she's got a little star power, right? And she's knocking people out kind of quick. And let's just create a title and let's give it to her. And then they created like this media hype machine on her, and again, sports organizations... Like, if you think about that headline, if you think about that cover of that magazine as a sports publication, that right there 
should like ruin your credibility for a little while. Was she hyperbole the- is taking over? Yes, one hundred percent. People say things with no intent on like really meaning them. That happens all of the time. Yeah, okay. all of the time. I just want to make sure I wasn't crazy. <laughs> but if 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 at that time was she the most dominant athlete? Was she separated so far from the rest of it? Now, whether that was because the rest I of mean, the field, you know, didn't wasn't as good, you know what I mean, or she was just so great. Like, I mean, was she fighting before LeBron James played the basketball? I think you can make the argument of like when it comes to absolute and pure domination, LeBron. That's one of the points against him. Is that like? Well, what we'd have to do here is start going back through her fights, and I maintain she like I said before the first Holly Holm fight. What did I say? This is the toughest woman Ronda Rousey has ever fought by a mile. And Holly Holm's going to knock her out. What happened? Holly Holm knocked her out. That's exactly what I, I told you. Holly Holm is tougher than any chick she's fought before that. And I so, no, I don't think she was. I, don't, I think it's one of these things. She was a little bit sexy, although I don't get the Ronda Rousey's hot thing at all. Like, I just don't see it. But everybody's got their own thing, right? But she's got a little bit of the sex appeal. She's got a little bit of that I'm a star outside of my realm. And, you know what I mean? She's kind of tough. That can do that whole thing. And it was the package. I don't think it was the fighter about Ronda Rousey. It was the package. All sizzle, no steak right there. A little bit. Okay. A little bit. Outside of you saying Holly Holm right there, and if you wouldn't have said that. Misha Tate's the other one. I, I was going to say, I don't know if I can name a single female UFC fighter. Jessica Evil Eye, Chris Cyborg. But no, they're all, it's, it was, this is why Ronda was the thing. It was Ronda Rousey's got the name and like 300 also rands. But who was she beating? The also rands. As a sports publication, you should almost be embarrassed by that cover. But we just don't care about stuff anymore. Because honestly, and here's why we should, is that these things come back around now. You used to be a magazine cover. Once you, you, you did it, whatever, you threw it away. Now you think. But now it's like, here, memories. Here, remember when you said this? Here, everybody's got this. Freezing Cold Takes has this on Twitter. We have this. I mean, everybody's in the gotcha mode. It's like, So I think, honestly, what might end up happening here is things might, it might get a little darker, a little darker, a little darker, and then maybe journalism's going to go all the way back around, and it's going to get really credible in like two years. I don't even believe it as I'm saying it. You're a shot at $1,000. And also Mark Munch Bishop next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We'll hook you up with $1,000. But before we do that, we got to talk to my good buddy, Mark Munch Bishop. Munch on sports. Catch him weekdays at 3. Fox Sports 1350 everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Munch, how are you, buddy? Brother, I am superb, and I just want to get this out because I don't want to talk about it a little bit. I've got Cavs Therapy Galore tonight. Wait till you hear this. Between 3 and 6, of course, on Fox Sports 1350. Not only will Campy Russell join me, but John Michael, of course, voice of the Cavaliers on the Cavs radio network, and Fred McLeod, voice of the Cavaliers oh. on the TV network. So Cheers, I'm thinking, McLeod. okay, if we can't get calmed down with those cats, Wow, yeah, no, that sounds that, that sounds like good stuff. I'll be sure to check that out. But before we get to the Cavaliers, obviously game three tomorrow night at the Q, they're down 0-2. The big news of the day yesterday is Brown's going to be on hard knocks. Now, there's two takes on this. Okay, there, bro. There are the people who love it just because they love access into anything, and then there are people who are worried that what you don't do is shine a light on dysfunction. Where are you on this? Well, bro, I'm with John Dorsey, and between us, uh, privately between his office, 
If you heard a noise coming from the southwest side of Columbia, of Cleveland, that was him banging his head on his desk. He is livid. Does not want this in any way, shape, or form. However, he was reminded that if they turn it down, the NFL actually has the power because of the contract that he has been to say, here's who we want. We want the Cleveland Browns. And that's who it is. Well, well, let me like ask- the guy, he's injured himself to us. But one of the reasons they're here, they being the, the hard knocks, because of our number one overall draft pick, Baker Mayfield. Right. When he does what he's supposed to do on the field, then we're going to have a spotlight shined on the, uh, the city, on the team again, in a big, big way. But right now, i got to be with Dorsey. You know what, man? The top priority should be winning games, getting a culture of winning going again. And i got to tell you something. There's some cats on this team that I'm worried about them with the cameras. You know, you got look at me and Joku pounding his chest with a three-yard reception, then he drops sure touchdowns. He's going to see – somebody's got to set these guys straight, though. Corey Coleman, as I say, for a fact, would rather insult people at 2.30 a.m. in a warehouse district Jeez. than catch passes, okay? And Josh Gordon wearing his shades. No, you know what, Josh? Just make sure we can trust you day after day, and we still need an apology for being a quitter and saboteur. No, I am against this 100-fold, guys. I um, I don't love it. I, I don't love it. I also can't believe HBO by now hasn't figured out that what you should do is do HBO's Hard Knocks and do a round-the-league 32-team weekly update. Let's check in with these three. I don't know why they stay focused on right. one team, but that's just me, right? I also don't understand why, if you're HBO, why do you want the Cleveland Browns? Because I, I, of Baker, and you know why else? And Guys, I'm going to say it. You've seen it. I'm flying down 77 now, and like a uh, co-host Sam, and I always say I swim upstream, I go against the flow. It's bumper to bumper going the other way, and I'm thinking, there shouldn't be this much traffic. Friday's usually a little lighter. There is an accident off in the berm, and you know what? People aren't slowing down. People have to stop and look at it. Why? Yeah. As long as nobody's hurt the fender better, keep freaking moving. That's why they're here. Train why do right. people run to a house fire? They don't want to see it put out. They want to see people on fire jumping out of a window. Jeez. Sick, sick dudes, you know? And that's what ESPN is doing. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, I guess I can see that. I just, I don't really worry about Baker with this munch. I don't, I think this kid's got his head on his shoulders a little bit better yes. than I originally thought. And I think much more so than like the national media thinks, right? And so I'm oh, not, brother. I'm not, no, worried, he does. I'm not worried about Baker. I'm worried about the guy on his couch watching Baker Mayfield throw dimes in practice, and now we're screaming Baker from the 500 section, Hughes 0-4, and, and now we rush this kid out on the field. Right? That's what happens. And, hey, bro, you're every, you have every right to be concerned. Think about this. This is Cleveland Browns fan. Because I've had him call me. Tim Couch, who got, did nothing but get freaking pummeled for this team, okay? Yeah. Cannot lift his right arm higher than his shoulder some days to tell you a week in advance when it's going to rain. All the injuries he's had, people cheered. That's what he went off, remember? Yeah. People cheered when he got sacked and knocked out in the end zone. Then Derek Anderson, he was our savior. He led us to a 10-5 and record after Charlie Fry wet the bed, okay? Then he breaks his leg, people stand up and cheer. I asked people how they could do it. People called me gladly, clapping, saying, I cheered because I didn't want him in. He's a bum. Was he a bum when he went 10-5? and five? Yeah. yeah, that's the couch guy. The second Tyrad does what I told you he's going to do, A, not throw to the middle of the field to a wide-open guy, B, run instead of pass, C, dink when he's got a guy wide open deep downfield. They're going to be screaming the same thing. 
Let's hope that the Browns brass are smart enough to turn a deaf ear to that. Or is that going to be sitting with them in the stands too? Yeah, there's going to be the there's going to be those people out there, and hopefully there is enough integrity. Right. Well, hopefully there's enough intelligence in the in the higher ups of the Cleveland Browns to recognize what they need to do with 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 Baker. Um, one of the one of the things I think about the Cleveland Browns that have kind of gotten brushed to the side is another offensive rookie um, that I keep reading stuff about that I keep liking, and that is uh, running back one Mister Nick Chubb right yeah. there. I know he is. Uh, I know he is heading out to the rookie premiere with Baker Mayfield um, as a uh, you know as a passive Browns fan, and I know there's a lot of them out there. What should we know about this Nick Chubb? Well, I gotta tell you something. He is a man possessed, and I'll tell you why. Anytime you have a quote-unquote career-threatening injury, it's gonna put the fear of the maker in you, okay? Gonna make you run with some immediacy. Gonna make you do whatever you do with uh, some conviction. That's exactly what he is. Do you know what else? You talk to Nick Chubb, he's happy where he is. Because you talk to him, he's thinking, you know what? Let the Giants take Saquon Barkley. He's got the attitude that he is the best running back in the draft this year, and he's going to be a guy lowering his shoulder. He's not going to be afraid to take a hit, but also he will power run you too. You, you saw when he was healthy, a semblance in college. This guy is a great, great running back. So glad that they have him. That is a very, very good choice. We're talking to Mark Munch, Bishop Munch on sports. Catch him weekdays at 3 of Fox Sports 1350. Let me ask you this, Munch. Um, I saw you, um, I won't say arguing, but debating your point uh, via Twitter this morning with a listener of the program who had said, you know, he thinks Tyrod Taylor stays on the field the whole year because he led Buffalo to the playoffs. And your take is Tyrod Taylor did not take the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs, that the defense took the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs. I stand by that wholeheartedly. Tyrod is what he is. And right now for us, that's phenomenal. He's a 500 quarterback. Do you want to base your franchise on him? No. But for a team that's 1-31, pretty dang good. No, in any way, shape, or form, I do not feel uh, that a guy that runs before he passes, avoids the middle of the field, as I told you, is going to dink, took his team to the playoffs. Actually, even though they got rid of some guys, the defense of the Bills was very, very good last year. I will give Tyrod this. They pretty much shipped off all his receivers until they picked up uh, Kelvin Benjamin, right. of course, from uh, the Carolina Panthers, who, if you're Cam Newton, you're going, why did we just trade that guy? Yeah, why okay? would you trade that so guy? Right. His, yeah, his weapons were not plentiful, but the bottom line is, you know what? Everybody on that team took him, but I won't say that Tyrod took him. Okay, let's shift gears. We'll move over to the Cavaliers. Eastern Conference Finals, Game 3, tomorrow night at the Q. 8.30, I believe, is tip-off. I heard this yesterday, yes, and I'm interested to get your take on this. I want to talk a little bit about the legacy of LeBron James. Oh, I know you're going. Go ahead. And I heard this yesterday, and I can't make up my mind. Is it better long-term for the legacy for him to get beat by the Celtics exit out in this round, or to go and lose another NBA Finals. The theory being is is that people will remember Finals losses stronger than they will other playoff series losses. What, what's your take on that? Brother, you know what? I will give you my low-down take. And number one, if the person who started talking about this had any knowledge of what he was talking about, he would know that LeBron told those close to him, oh, apparently this guy isn't close to him, all right? before the season, that he will do everything in his power to keep Kyrie Irving from going to the NBA Finals. You're saying, well, Munch, he won't go. He's not playing. No, he's still at the end of the bench, all right? Here's the thing, guys. You could say those who are not in the know, oh, you know, these are the same people. 
Guys, do you think, remember the Buffalo Bills were going to all those Super Bowls? Yes. And they lost one because of Scott Norwood missing a kick. Uh, I think his was wide right on that one. Yep. Is that all of a sudden, if they're, what, 1-3 and three in the Super Bowls, a little bit better than 0-4 or 1-2, whatever it would be. Here's the bottom line. There's no disgrace in being one of the top two teams in any league. You know, you can go to the Super Bowl 10 years in a row. And if you lose it all 10, you're scratching your head. But, you still you know, don't tell me what's better if we didn't go. No, it's not. But here's the thing, guys. Those that are just looking at it on a face, not digging into it, all say, my gosh, Look at LeBron in the finals. What was he? Like, he had four here, four there, one there. He was three and six. You know what? Without him, those teams don't even go. You know, people are starting to talk to him. Wait a minute. Look at Michael Jordan. He lost in the first round a lot of times, too. Right. So, yeah, you know what? For his legacy, go to the finals. Because okay. without him, these teams aren't getting anywhere near it. It's absolutely ridiculous to think that losing in the first round is somehow or another better than losing in the finals. I, it's asinine to me. And 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 one of the things I think LeBron um, over the past since his return to Cleveland that he's harped on time and time and time again is something that uh, uh, Theodore Roosevelt said. And it was the man in the arena speech. And to briefly sum it up for people, what it talks about is it's the doer of deeds who has the glory. It's not the person who's criticizing you. It's not the person who's looking down from the arena looking at you saying, oh, you could have done this better, this better, and this better, and he's put it on his shoes, he's put it on his Instagram, he's put it like, you know, he he wears it like a badge of honor, so I think that kind of speaks to where his mindset is on that. That's true. Um, but, but, but legacy is a huge part of what we're talking about here with LeBron, and I know there's a lot of concern from a lot of people that we are going to be watching our last two games of LeBron as a Cavalier. Oh. And oh, that's, oh, that's, that's what, what they're saying, Munch, man. That's what they're saying. And listen, I don't know if they're right or wrong, but I do know. Hand raised. I do know it's a possibility. Munch, man, if, if this is LeBron's last two games that we're going to watch here in the wine and gold, what do you take away from this last four years, LeBron era 2.0? That they should have well, won blue and orange. The Cavs <laughs> will win the next two. And this is not it. a magic wand. Like, like one of my comrades here at the, uh, in, in Cleveland is saying, well, you guys thought the Celtics are going to start sucking? No, they're not. It's just the Cavaliers are home. It's if you want to be scientific, the Celts have not played good on the road they this young not. team in postseason. They have but not. The bottom line is, if indeed this would be the swan song four years, you know what? I would thank him. I'd even shine a pair of his shoes for him. You know, he got us that championship that was starved over a million. Clevelanders, Northeast Ohioans. Let's call us Northeast Ohioans, all right? Because uh, so Akronites especially uh, can't everywhere. For the Montana Ohio Sports Empire is that we all banded together. There were no problems. It made Woodstock look like a brawl, okay? That's how much love there was downtown. I would say nothing but thank you, thank you, thank you. You got us that elusive championship. You went to the finals if this is the last two, three to four years. We knew. Guys, I still say this. For any of our teams, and I don't care if it's a a college team, I don't care if it's a high school team with the playoffs, if you could say before the season that we know that they have a better than good chance of making the playoffs, isn't that pretty damn cool? And we knew for a fact that this team had more than a pretty good chance of making the playoffs. They were guaranteed with LeBron here. You want to talk about some thank yous? Those are thank yous out the door for this man. Any team in the league would still take him going into his 16th year. He came back here when he didn't have to. We got a right. first first championship in 52 years. You got to let it go, and, 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 and or you have to let him go if that's what he wants to do. Right? You just got to wave goodbye. Be like, dude, thanks for the you know, thanks for the chip. We'll see you later. You go do you do that whole thing. But I do want to ask you this. 
Mm. Because LeBron's great on the floor. But he is, and this got pointed out by Michael Rappaport over the last couple of days. He is a terrible executive. He's awful at it. He is, dude, he plays GM and he's not good at it. He flipped this roster over twice this year and he just doesn't do a good job. So do you think now other GMs around the league, other owners around the league, when their players get to the point where they can start to make decisions, do you think these guys are going to be like, dude, no, 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 we've seen the player executive model. It doesn't work. Do you know what? Anywhere LeBron goes, anywhere Kobe went, anywhere a lot of these guys go, they will have a say-so, and whoever takes him knows that he's a good enough player to get this done. I will tell you, I might have been the only one in the world, guys, but the night, I, I, I've mentioned this to you before, I was going with the wife, tell me I wasn't getting brownie points, to freaking Bed Bath & Beyond. The night I got the call about the trade with Boston, and I said, I can't go in, i got to take this call, you know? And I was livid. The person called me with the scoop out of Boston, goes, you don't like this? I said, no, I don't like this. You know, a 5'9 guard is going to be a defensive nightmare and mismatch. Was that his last hurrah? Jake Crowder is a fake tough guy, okay? And uh, the Jack choice is the only thing worthwhile. So there's things I could have told you weren't going to happen. And when he was getting shipped off, you know what? Pretty Everybody was telling me how Larry Nance Jr. was going to be the next savior. George Hill was going to be the poised veteran to get him through. The trade was needed. But no, because of what LeBron does on the court, uh, people will deal with that. All right, I um I, I would stop him from doing it in the future. It, it's it's he's proven it now a couple of different times. When he tries to when he tries to play GM, he's not good at it. Just stay on the court, lace them shoes up, dunk, shoot threes, do all that. But dude, that boardroom, that that GM room, he is not very good at it. I've knocked him for like two years on this. I, I give him credit where he deserves it, but he is not necessarily the best evaluator of talent. That's weird. Well, bro, then you know what you need to do? Whoever signs him has to tell him, listen, we're bringing you in. We will let you know when stuff happens. However, it is going to be our final call. I agree with that. You can't deal with that, then we don't bring you in. You know, simple as that, and that would eradicate your problem. That's exactly what I would do. That's Mark Munch, Bishop Munch on Sports. Catch him weekdays at 3 on Fox Sports 1350 everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Munch, we'll talk to you again next Friday, buddy. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. I'll be ready to rock at 7 next Friday. Are you ready? Love Absolutely. It. <laughs> we love it. Your shot at Modest Mouse tickets next on Rock 106.9. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword CASH to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's CASH to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We have Modest Mouse tickets. That show, September, Akron Civic Theater. We'll get you hooked up momentarily. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need on those. I believe that the Laurel and Yanni thing has finally hit status. Like, oh my God, you had twins and you named what? You named both your kids Laurel? Like, Like, the memes are gross. Like, it's already at the point. Like, this is now has officially reached Mike Myers... Like status, like this, it feels like an Austin Powers joke that's been slammed into the ground now. It's quoting Borat. It's that's what she yeah, said. It, okay. That it's it. That's what it is okay. exactly. That's what she said. Nice. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. uh, okay. Yeah, I hate all that stuff. And we played it yesterday on the show, and sure enough, you run it normal. It sounds Laurel, like Laurel, Laurel. But if Laurel, you slow it down, you hear. Laurel, Laurel, I still hear Laurel, Laurel. Laurel. 
I mean, that's an L at the end. It's an L at the beginning. Laurel. I think you're nuts. Like, honestly, like... Do you not hear the L? No, here's the thing. Honestly, I hear... E, I don't even hear Yanni. I hear Iani, something like that. But, dude, I hear it so clearly, I think you're lying right now. Like, I can't tell if you're messing with me or not. Laurel. No. I, I, don't, I don't have, but I mean, like, the, the L sound is there. Like, dude, I want to kill you right now. I don't understand how you don't. How do you not hear the L at the end? There's an L at the beginning, right? That's, an, that's not an L? It, it doesn't sound like it to me. That doesn't sound like an L to you. No, huh? that <laughs> I, okay. I, I, I guess I, I I don't understand how that's the case. No, it do, it doesn't sound like an L to me at all. Really, really. More importantly, you think that sounds like an L at the? I, I would give you maybe to the start, but at the end of that word. Laura. Yeah, it's an L. That's an L sound. I mean, if it's if if it's an L sound here. Laurel. Laurel. That's an L Laurel. sound, right? Yeah. Laurel. Really, really. I, I, uh, do, I, I don't understand how people are saying that this sounds like anything other than an L at the beginning and an L at the end. It doesn't sound like an L at the end to me at all. All right. Now there's a new one of these. And you're going to start to see this. Welcome to the Internet, right? One gets hot. And I told you this yesterday. There'll be about four or five of these. Every couple of days, there'll be a new version of it. And then in two months, we'll be back to dumping ice water on our heads. Which, by the way, where'd that go? We raised all that money for ALS. And then what we do? Exactly what I told you what America would do. We would go back to Internet sensations and take the giving away, take the, to take the charity out of it, and go back to trying to make ourselves stars. I told you that would happen. Sure enough. That is exactly what happened. But there's a new one of these now where you people hear one thing versus another thing. And I guess this time it's either between Green Needle or Brainstorm. It's from like a toy or something. So here, here's the audio. Now, that sounded like Green Needle to me. What'd you hear? Brainstorm? What? Listen, I mean... It's an M at the end. Like, how is that not Storm? Maybe Green Storm. Brain and Green, I can get. Especially when you've got, like, like this is from, like, a plastic Burger King toy that, like, you press it and it lights up or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. I mean, so it's like, I understand Green and Brain, how that is a little Maybe. bit. But, like, at the end of it, dude, that's a storm. It's a Green Storm or Brain Storm, I can, I can agree Slow to. Slow that one down for me. No, it just sounds like Green Needle still to me. Now it almost sounds like Brain Needle. There's a couple of things going on here. First and foremost, I don't think this is like a new thing where it's like, wait, what is this thing saying? You know what I mean? Like, we're all acting like, oh, my God, this toy, it doesn't sound exactly clear. Well, yeah, because you got it from Burger King and a Happy Meal. So, like, and it was made in China by a kid younger than your kid. And it doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Dude, so, like, Burger King sells Happy Meals now? Well, whatever, you know, you know, you know exactly <laughs> no, what I'm know, saying I'm there. So, like, and, 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 and I, my girlfriend really, she, I, I asked her yesterday, I'm like, hey, did you see this thing, this Laurel and Yanni thing? And she's like, yeah, I saw it, but I'm not doing it. She's like, this is all stupid. Stupid. She's like, I don't understand what's wrong with people where you're going to spend hours of your day listening to this, watching this, paying attention to this. She's like, I'm not doing it. I'm out. I'm not paying attention. I've never heard it. and I'm not going Whoa. to. And I was like, dude, thank you. 
Thank you. No, you got a good woman. Thank you. No, people are spending so much time doing this all day yesterday because of how hard their jobs are and how overworked everybody is <laughs> right, in this country, right? Right, right. Overworked. Like, we got nothing else to do as a country. This is what, what What am I always saying? You're not overworked. You're just, you may be at the office longer, but you're pressing buttons on a keyboard. Nobody's overworked. Like that whole thing, like, oh my God, it's so many more hours now. Corporate America, these dark overlords. Oh my God, they keep me trapped in this cubicle and I have to listen to this audio file and not do my job for eight hours a day oh my god you're so overworked the dark overlord ceos they're the worst yet you got enough time to be doing that all day i dude i hear green needle in this new one though i do i don't know i don't know i don't know what it is i don't know what the guy's trying to say you know what i mean like i i don't know i don't know they uh Twitter seems to think you and I are going to Royal Rumble mode. <laughs> okay, and that's the thing, too. If you think this is going to be the thing that drives the Stansberry show apart, dude, we have we have, we have dealt with far greater issues than the Greenstorm, Brainstorm, Royal Rumble. We're going to be fine. Dude, Phantom's got a donut over there. Like, if you, if you don't think that's bringing us to blows, that's what's bringing us to blows. We got Modest Mouse tickets. That show's in yep. September. Akron Civic Theater. Let's send you. We'll take caller number 25 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those. And be right back with more Stansberry Show. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 169. We're also online at WRQK.com. Pass out $1,000 coming up at 9 o'clock. We'll also talk to Officer Lamar Sharp of the Canton Police Department coming up at 9 o'clock. Excited to do that. He's got an event tonight for his Be a Better Me Foundation. So we'll talk to Lamar here momentarily. Um, I've been trying to stay away from the president for a little while. I just feel like, dude, everybody's just jumping up and down on him a lot. And I was like, eh, I don't want to be guilty of that. But there are a couple of things I don't want to overlook here. Um, first, I like this story. I guess he donated a quarter of his salary to the Department of Veterans Affairs. His first quarter salary. Yeah, his first quarter salary. Okay. Right? Not a quarter of it, his first quarter. He, um, right, his first quarter of the salary. He is committed to donating his $400,000 annual salary to worthy causes. Um, and this quarter of it, he gave to the Department of Veterans Affairs. He's also previously given donations to the Department of Transportation, the National Park Service, Department of Education, and the Department of Health and Human Services. Now, he ran on this. This is partially what he ran on, is the fact that he was going to do stuff like this, and he could do stuff like this because he was kind of like, remember, he was like his own man, right? He's going to spend his own money. And so that one I like. That I like. Yeah. I think all presidents should do that. None of these dudes who become president are, are poor. So n- no no salary with president, essentially, because you donate. If, if like I would prefer that. Okay. I would prefer it. I don't know why, but like there is something to me where it's like, well, you deserve money for you this, do. right? Hardest job there is. Oh, I'm sorry, parents. I'm sorry. What was sorry, I thinking? What, what, do, do, what, was I, dude, what was I thinking? Oh, my God. Raising kids is way harder. You don't feel like in every other situation, it's, you know, well, if you don't give people money, you're not going to get qualified candidates. How many qualified candidates have we had? Fair. The power is the payment. I mean, I guess like that's what it is. That's what those guys seek out, or men and women. The people who want that job want the power of it. It's not the money. At the end of the day, I don't think it's very much. He's I think, losing money, I'm sure. I think it's a little bit over like a million dollars a year. I mean, and I know that's a lot of money to us, but in the grand scheme of things, I don't. I mean, that's not very no. much money at all. No, 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 no. If you were running a corporation as powerful as the U.S. government, you would be paid way more than what you get paid to be a president. I mean, I don't know what Apple CEO makes, but I bet it's, what, $10 million a year, probably? $10, $15 million a year, I would think. Now, there's this other thing that's going around where he had, 
I guess he had said something about MS-13, but of course the media is portraying it as one thing. And you go back and you you read the transcripts, listen to the audio, and sure enough, he was talking about MS-13, where he called them. He said, these aren't people, these are animals. But that turns into Trump's calling immigrants animals. Because, well, that's how you get the clicks, and that's how the money moves around the board. And let's be honest, it's no way, no way possible this guy could ever do anything right, right? He's just a big buffoon, so he had to have done this wrong. Well, no, not really. But I do got to hold him accountable. Because what happens here is, is that your obsession with saying something negative about people is constantly tripping you up. It's constantly tripping you up. You know they're waiting there, dude, with with that blog noose to wrap around your neck and sling you up. You got to stop giving them this stuff. You got to stop doing it. You have he has an obsession with calling people names and it's coming back to haunt him day in and day out. Now, the media mishandling this quote, guys, I told you before the election. You keep doing this, you're getting him again. If you keep screwing around, Democrats, you're going to get him again. You got to be fair about this. You can't just look to demonize him over everything he does. He does enough stuff. Only harp on the stuff he actually does. Don't drum it up, you bunch of morons. You're going to end up with him again. He might be the first to go three times around the board if you keep screwing around. This is, Dude, he's got a right to be angry about this one. Now, here's one more, and then I'm moving off of him for the day. And again, I don't know this to be fact because we are hearing it from somebody who claims that this happened with a private meeting with him. But Bill Gates now is out here saying on two different occasions he had conversations with the president and Donald Trump asked him for a clarification or if there was a difference between HPV and HIV. If that's true, I don't know that it is. But if it is, that's a little alarming, right? That an adult should know that there's not only a difference in those things, but what those differences are. Why would you ask Bill Gates that? Not a doctor. Not a doctor. Not like a health care like guru. I mean, the guy isn't. I, I don't understand why, like in a conversation where it's like, all right, dude, I've got one of the most powerful executives, one of the titans of, 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 of you know, innovation. And I'm going to ask him, like, yo, bro, what's the difference between HIV and HPV here? Uh, I mean, you know you're sitting there with one of the smartest guys the country's got. <sighs> I mean, just asking the questions, maybe. I, I don't, I can't do you it You are either. sitting with one of the smartest guys in the country here. Why, why, would, why would that be the question? Wouldn't the question be like, hey, you know, let's talk about, like, what you are... Super. Let's Whoa. talk about what you're intelligent about. Let's talk about what you know. If, That's if a waste I, of a question. I agree with that. That if I was sitting around having an audience with somebody and they were they they had rocketed to the top of their field, tell me about your field. Right. What can I learn from you about what it is you do? That's what I try to do when I'm around people that do things that I don't know about. I want to I want to learn from those people. That's a little alarming. That if he doesn't know there's a difference between HPV and HIV, as Phantom's just destroyed his microphone, you just ripped it from its end. <laughs> so what they do? Take my broken stuff, put it over there? Put it over here, it seems. Oh, well, that's good. All right. We actually need to get that taken care of. That's not good. No, we can't, that's we, not good. We can't just have that hanging there like that. So here's what we'll do. We'll fix Phantom's microphone and get you guys hooked up with $1,000 next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9.
Welcome back to the Sands Show. We're on Rock 1069. We're online at WRQK.com. And we're joined in studio by our good buddy, Officer Lamar Sharp of the Canton Police Department. I'm back. Buddy, it's so good to have you. <laughs> yeah, you are back. I uh, And we'll go back a couple of years because we've had you on now for a couple of years now. Yes. And uh, which feels good to say as we're coming up actually on the four-year anniversary <laughs> of the show, June 4th. I am... I was shocked. I figured once you came in here once, maybe twice, Sergeant was going to be like, Lamar, Mm-mm. no uh, more. Yeah, yeah, no. no th- more. Th- those guys are a little out of bounds. Those guys are a little out of bounds. I, I was, I, you know, I was a little curious about how that would go. I know, you know what I mean? Um, and there's been a lot of stuff going on with police departments all around the country. I was very interested, but it's, it's good that, you know, um, that you're able to spend some time with us. For those of you that don't know, Lamar Sharp um, is all about community policing. I always say this to you when you're in the studio, and so I'm going to say it again. I love that about you because I believe it is important to show young people in America that cops are more than just kicking in doors and arresting people for drugs. I think it's important to show people that cops are other things. I think that's how you release some of the tension between Mm -hmm. community and police forces. So you have started a foundation called the Be a Better Me Foundation. Yes. This is about taking young kids and showing them how to reach down and pull the best version of themselves out. That's correct. So you kind of teach them about, you know, maybe dressing appropriately, mm-hmm. holding doors for people, mm-hmm. your manners and that kind of thing. And you're actually doing an event tonight for the Be a Better Me Foundation. This is your community fundraiser, which will be at the St. George Romanian Church. That's at 30th Street Northwest. Um, from 6 to 7 this evening, you'll do a cocktail hour, 7 p.m. dinner, and tickets are on sale for $40. Is that That's, right? That is correct. Okay, so what is um, so walk people through, give me a little bit more um, detail about the Be A Better Me Foundation. Well, we, basically, we, you know, we just started really getting into mentoring uh, our young adults. The problem is a lot of the kids, they, they, they're just looking for somebody to, sometimes outside of their parents, to, to help motivate them. And a lot of the kids that we deal, some of the kids that we deal with, they, their fathers are nowhere around. Yeah, so that's common. Yeah, it's common, and they don't know how to deal with that emotion. So you know, we try to help. Just say, hey, listen, you can, you know, colleges are for everybody. You can. There's vocationals you can do too. There's, you know, we need you to get over that feeling, and we try to work with different people. I want to ask you your opinion on this because I bet you have a unique view at it, but it seems very strange to me that. In a nation full of people grown up and you're taught about being a man that it's about strength and right. resolve and right. step up and pull yourself up by your bootstraps and be a man. And yet the amount of dudes that run out on the responsibility of raising a kid mm-hmm. and like bitch out on that right. is crazy. Right. For a nation full of people who are told that the, the, the whole center of being a man is being tough and handling your business right. and these dudes run like cowards. Right. Like what is that? I don't know. How does I, that happen? I know, but I tell my kids, I said, I, the kids that I deal with, I said, listen, so how does it feel that your father isn't around? Okay, so one day you might be blessed to be a, a dad. Don't you make bet, the same mistake. Don't make the same mistake. I, you I know love how that. it makes you feel. I love that. That's so hard to do, though. It's very easy for us to be like, yeah, this is what we're totally going to do. But when you get into sure. that cycle of, 
you know, whether it's abuse or whether it's poverty or whether it's, you know, fatherless homes, once you get into that, it's very difficult. And I, I know I've, th- I've thought this in the past, and I think this is one of the things of, as I've grown up, I've kind of realized is that like so much of who I am, I've prided myself on like, yeah, I get up and I go to work and I'm hardworking and I do all this stuff. And the reason I do it is because someone was there to teach me. Oh, you got to do it. Yep. Yeah. Someone told me like, nope, time to get out of bed, dummy. Right. Like we got to get this going. Right. If you don't have that, if you don't have somebody, you know, putting that grit in you, putting that like that, that, that work ethic in you, you're, it's not like it's just going to come out of nowhere. You know, it's not just going to be like, oh, well, hey, maybe I'll wake up and work hard one day. I had it started at me when I was a young, young, young lad. <laughs> yeah, 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 well, you know, <laughs> little Lamar Sharp coming right. out muscles, right, bands, right, tattoos. Right. Dude, I, honestly, I just figured you strolled out of the womb at like six feet. Like, just, you know what I mean? Converse all stars on, you know what I mean? Just dunking. I, uh, we actually had a guy on from the, from the Fatherhood Coalition here um, a few weeks ago, and I said to him, and I didn't even think about it until he was in here. Like, we were talking about dads, like, running out and and doing that whole thing. And I thought to myself, like, the amount of times, I want to say per week, but even per day on this show, that I reference something taught to me by my father. And I say, you know, my dad would say, or my father used to say, or, and I told him in the moment, and I had, like, kind of realized it right there in that moment when we had him on. I said, I don't even know who I'd be. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah. because so much of me is yeah. that dude. Yeah, so right. like I always say, like you know, every day, every year on Father's Day, you know, you kind of do the social media post or whatever. And I always say, dude, thanks for the roadmap for life, right? Because right. I use it every single day, right. and, I, and that right. is true. Like I have no idea who I'd be, right? That's true. As as you know, I'm sure there are plenty of of mothers out there who are listening to the program and like, well, yeah, but my dude's gone, and at this point, I've got these <laughs> yeah. three kids, yeah. and I wish he would come back, and I wish that there was something that you know I could do to make this happen. Um, luckily, there is things that you can do to at least you know, if not replace that that father figure, to at least get them into a program where they can learn some of that, such as the Be a Better Me Foundation. So if I'm one of those moms and I've got a you know a ten year old that's starting to give me crap and I'm starting to get nervous and and I want to get him involved in something. Something like this, what do I have to do? Just uh, contact us at info at beabettermeme.org. You can go on our Facebook page, um, uh, Be A Better Me. We also have a Facebook page for our mentoring classes, which is Young Boys to Young Men's Mentoring Academy. Do, so, do I am I paying something? Is it is it? Am you I? Know, you know, it's it's sixty dollars, and it's sixty dollars for, and you know, you get a t shirt or not a t shirt, you get a dress up shirt because I get the young boys out of t shirts and jeans. Because they got to be able to dress for success. And a lot of them, when they go into an interview. All three of us in t-shirt and jeans. (laughs) Right, exactly. All three of us right now. Exactly. But we're not going in for the interview because we're set. But a lot of these kids go into an interview, they got holy jeans on, holy t-shirts, and, uh, you know, flip-flops on, and they're talking about, hey, I'm here for the job, you know, and they don't know how to, the etiquette, they don't know how to look a guy in the eye, a man in the eye and shake his hand. So those are things that we work on. We work on etiquette and things skills. like that. Yeah, skills. It, life it, skills. And it's one of those things, It's it, it really does come down from parenting, or should, because mm-hmm. those are the people who are supposed to care about you enough to make sure you're okay. Right. You know what I mean? Like, do, right. you got this, right? Like, right. like you yeah, understand exactly. what I'm saying? Exactly. And so, like, that is important. You can't skip that step. Right, exactly. And and that's what we do. So we give them that. We give them a shirt. They dress. They, they kind of dress. They, they wear a tie. 
We feed them every night. Um, they get a book bag, a notebook, and this is eight-week program. Dude, Fantone, we should probably go through this. I was going to say, man, I could use a new <laughs> yeah. shirt, man, a little yeah, time. Right, right, right. Look, looking fresh over here. And Fantone, he met some of my boys when we did the community cleanup. Yeah, um, I, uh, I work with Project Rebuild, which is a nonprofit that works with kids 16 to 22. So I guess young adults, I shouldn't say kids. Um, <laughs> but there was a great thing that happened there because, you know, Officer Lamar Sharp brought his students out and their younger students, and there was also a bunch of CPD members as mm-hmm. well. So at that point, we've got younger students that were trying to avoid getting into the system. We've got students who have gone through the system, whether it's, you know, dropping out or the judicial system. Right. And now they're doing something to improve their lives. Mm -hmm. And we had CPD right there. So each group kind of went out with a couple members of each. And like, as that was like one stop shopping, as as that was happening, I was just it was just like, that's how it's supposed to be. You know, and McKinley football. Yeah. McKinley football represented. Bulldogs were in the house, dude. It was great. That was that was a great event, man. Settle down, Maslin. Yeah. <laughs> Settle down. We love yeah. you just fine. Do you have time to hang out? Oh, of course. Let's do man. one more. I got a, I got a couple of police questions for you. Oh, we we obviously got to get into some of that. <laughs> yes, sir. We obviously got to get into some of that. We'll, uh, we will continue with Officer Lamar Sharp after hooking you up at this $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. ROCK. 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. ROCK 106.9. 1069. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 1069. Joined in studio by our good buddy, Officer Lamar Sharp, who has uh, started his Be a Better Me Foundation. They're actually doing their annual community fundraiser. This is this evening, St. George Romanian Church on 30th. 6 to 7 is your cocktail hour, 7 p.m. dinner tickets, just 40 bucks. Where do they get these? Um, you can pop at the door, but I bought you four tickets today to give away. Nice. Oh, okay. So we're, yeah. I can give these away. Oh, yeah. All right, cool. We'll yeah. do that before yeah. the end of the program. Yeah. Now let's get to more important things. <laughs> <laughs> I've given you a mission. Yes, yes. And, dude, I don't want to call cops out. <laughs> yeah. But your reach, not quite what I thought it would be. I know. It was about a year ago. I know. I've I've been... Like you can't like this day you can't stop every woman and ask them were you the one outside of uh Have you ever been home? watching the police videos online? Yes, you are. You guys are allowed to do whatever the you want. You guys are allowed to do whatever you want. Talking about. So for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, shame on you for not listening every day. What the hell's the matter with you? I need electricity, <laughs> right. you guys. Right. But about a year ago, next to my apartment, there's a there's a building that has a mural on it. And people love, I don't know, for some reason, taking pictures in front of it. Like, prom was a big season, taking photos in front yeah. of that thing. Because it's Canton classy, yeah. I guess, right. that, that, that mural, right? Yeah. I don't know what that would be, but whatever. <laughs> but these, there, was, there was these, like, four women in a, a car that was, like, 20 years old, 30-day tag, but already has, like, a, a set of subwoofers in the trunk, yeah. rattling the 30-day tag, yeah. flapping against the window. And they're just all out in the parking lot next to my apartment building, Twerking. (laughs) (laughs) Recording the twerking videos. And two of them were hot. 
And I have told you, Lamar, there's like 60,000 people in Canada. No, like 80,000 people in Canada. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't find me four uh, chicks and 80,000 people? Dude, give me the badge. Like, I, I, know, just, I know. I'm just going to give it to you. Just, and I mean, I'm going to let you handle this case. I will, I will cuff and stuff. It's I'm ready case. to do it. It's a cold case. It's a cold case. It's a cold case. We lost the trail? You're supposed to be in hot pursuit. What the hell's the matter with you? I, All right. My leads didn't pan out. All right. I'm going to. I'm gonna, <laughs> you know what? Let's just leave it right there. Let's just, let's, let's just leave that right. Now, I, I do want to shift gears, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, okay? But something happened here locally. Mm-hmm. I know you know. Everybody knows. We actually played a little bit of the audio. There was a video where a, a, a man in Canton, Ohio, had been pulled over on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And then he does this thing that's super popular right now, right? Like, I'm going to take my cell phone out, and I'm going to catch the cop being awful. Because right. everybody's in gotcha mode right yeah. now. And I hate gotcha mode. Yeah. It, it, it annoys me, right? And, of course, people have a half understanding of the way laws work. And this happens all the time in this country. People will post a meme mm-hmm. and tell you what your rights are, and people don't research it, and they go, well, that's what my rights are. Right, that's Which is rights. crazy. Right, okay? exactly. So... A young man had been driving down the street. He had gotten pulled over. Should be pointed out right here that it was a homemade license plate. Mm-hmm. So as in the video, he says, you pulled me over for no reason. You stopped me. For-. He says all this stuff and ta- starts talking about his rights, about how I don't need my, my, I, my license to be traveling. I ended up looking it up that day on the air. If you were operating a motor vehicle, surprise, you're you were tr- supposed yeah, to have yeah, that yeah, identification yeah, exactly. card on you. You could be written a citation right. for it if you don't have it. So mm-hmm. again, yes, you need a driver's license to travel or drive in a car. Like that. Yes. I, I thought that was one of the dumbest things I've ever yeah. seen. And so he is resisting, resisting, resisting. Like, and what I mean by resisting is not necessarily resisting arrest, but he's just being jerky to do it. Right. Like he's just thinks he knows more than mm-hmm. he really does. Right. Thinks he's got these cops in this. Uh, I'm gonna get you fired. Moment. Mm-hmm. Wait, they're gonna be racist right. any minute now. Right. Right. We all know, right? right? You put a badge on, all of a sudden you're just a Klansman, which is obviously crazy. Right. right? That's obviously nuts. And he thinks he got him. And before long. The window needs to be broken out, mm-hmm. and the canine gets let go. Yep. Now, I'm of the belief of, <laughs> yeah. you did everything yeah. you could, dude, right. to get that canine right. released on your own ass, right. right? I mean, dude, you're driving down the street, homemade license plate. Yeah. Like, how dumb you got to be? <sighs> like, so I worry about you guys. Yeah. Because, again, four different versions of that video have been out now. Mm-hmm. Four. So one of them short, one of them's really long, a couple of, you know, in between edits and this and that. So people find the one that they like mm-hmm. that fits their narrative. Right, right. And now all of a sudden these cops, I don't know which ones they are, what their names are or whatever. And I don't need to are like, are now like, oh my God, look, can't pity's out of control. Right, and it's right. like, well, no, if you know the facts of the case, they actually did everything the well, you know what? Don't let me. St- I don't want to say that, but the, I feel like that went the way it was going to go. Mm-hmm. That if that's the way you act on the side of the road, you should expect to have that happening. We get judged by social media because, again, social media, just how you know how you make a video and you can trim it down and you can mm-hmm. trim a 20 minute video down. Not to only two can, social media makes you. Yeah, exactly. It, certain social medias make you exactly. trim your video down. And that's why I'm so. Body cams were the best thing that ever happened for a police department. Yeah, I got turned around on those. Lamar, I'll be honest with you. So when it first came out, I was worried about you guys because mm-hmm. I was like, you know how this is going to work. Something's going to happen. I'm going to see 30 seconds worth of video. I'm mm-hmm. going to have to judge this guy's life. Mm-hmm. And this job operates in the gray, not in right. black or white. Right. And I thought I was really going to 
I thought it was really going to be a bad, bad thing for you guys, right? Mm-hmm. And then a buddy of mine's a downtown Cleveland cop, and he hit me. He heard the show and hit me up. He's like, "Look, dude, I get it, right? You're trying to get our back. I totally understand it, but I think you're missing the point here. I know I'm never going to be doing anything I shouldn't do, right? So show everybody everything, right? Let them see it, exactly. because I don't yeah. want to be in a he said she said thing. Mm-hmm. This takes he said she said out. So you're right. actually a big fan of those. I am, yeah. Because here's the thing: is is like you know. When you can watch a video from my from my perspective of a twenty minute video, your 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 perception or your what you see is going to be different from that two minute video, right? You know, so yeah. and it, and that, that's the thing because that two minute video is going to leave out things as to why I was there, what happened up to, how many times I talked to him. But when you get that social media video, you get the this thirty seconds of you know of the the end of the end result, right? And then it makes it, it makes us like we're bad. It just, dude, a guy hit me up with that video, and he was like, you got to get justice for my friend. And I was like, okay, well, it, it, so let me watch it. And I watched it, and I was like, no, dude, your friend should go to jail. Yeah, like, your yeah. friend is a moron. Uh, yeah. Comply. You, you, you know you know your laws. You got to comply. We got you, right. At, yeah. the, at the end of the day, I think there is, you know, definitely a case to be made of, you know, Americans should know their rights, and we should all obey those, mm-hmm. you know, we should be, and, and law officers should be within bounds of right. making sure that you're not trampling on people's constitutional rights. I like it. But this was not a case of that. No. I mean, it just simply wasn't. And if it was, I think I would have a different tone to it, but it's, it, dude, this was, this was, this guy was doing something illegal. You don't have a right to drive a car in America. That's not that's not no. that's not like, oh well, dude, you can't stop me. I'm walking down the street. But like, you don't have if an officer of the law asks you for your license, that's that's a that's a part of the equation mm-hmm. right there. Now, what this guy did, obviously he was being contentious. Obviously he was being you know, at no point was he like Sansbury said resisting arrest, but he was definitely making things harder than it needed to be. Mm-hmm. You bring up the fact that he started recording himself in the car with mm-hmm. his own phone. Right. Do you have an issue with that when citizens when you know, people within the community use their phones to record something. No, record me because I'm recording you. <laughs> you know, I mean, Uber drivers do it now. Yeah, where yeah. I, I took an Uber the other day. A guy said, the guy sent me a text message before he got to the house. Just so you know, you're going to be on film the entire time you're in my car. And it, honestly, it made me feel better. Because really? I was like, well, dude, now this guy's not going to hack my body up in the back of this car. <laughs> right, right, I mean, right, there's right. a little bit to that, right? Right, right. There's right, a little yeah. bit to that. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you do a lot of filming with your cell phone, obviously, as you're mm-hmm. posting, you know, videos and things like that. I just, I, for me, and I'm not going to give advice to anybody else how to act on the side of the road, but for me, I would not start recording unless I was like, what's happening here? Like, why I is know. this? But my mind doesn't go to, geez, the guy pulled me over from a homemade license plate, huh? Right, that seems right. strange. Why am I getting pulled over for this? Right. But if I felt like things were like legitimately not okay, mm-hmm. I, I would be like, all right, maybe let's get some of this on document, right? But the problem is, is that everybody feels like a victim now. Oh, yeah. You, you're, you, you, yeah. you are told to be a victim. And if, if if you say even, no, I'm not, people go, no, you're just not woke enough yet. Right. Like, we will, <laughs> dude, here, we'll, we'll, we'll wake you and yeah. we'll show you that yeah. not only are you a victim today, but you've been a victim yeah. since the beginning of time. As right. a matter of fact, your mother was oh. a victim. The womb was victimized. <laughs> and it's just like, Christ, everybody's just like a sissy now. And everybody's like just looking for the poor me angle of everything. And it makes me absolutely crazy. And and I have said this. I, I understand. Okay. Well, how do I want to say this right? Okay. <laughs> I understand. Like I have a, a 
This sounds like the ultimate white dude comment ever. I got a couple is. of black friends, right? <laughs> yeah, black friends. You have me, but I, but I, but I do, right? And they obviously have had some. My buddy Ricky, right? Mm-hmm. You know Ricky. Oh, yeah, I've introduced yeah, you to Ricky. Yeah. Ricky told me the one time he got pulled over twenty-one times in like a month and a half. That's crazy. Okay, now I don't know. I wasn't there for all of them, this and that. But I got a guy who listens to the show mm-hmm. who's anti-police. Like mm-hmm. anytime you guys do anything, he's like, "See pigs, this, the whole right. thing," right? Oh, yeah. And he is a white gentleman. Okay. And we were talking one night at a bar, and I just said to him, well, what'd you do? <clears throat> and he's like, what do you mean? I was like, dude, this is my take whether you're black or white. <clears throat> where if you hate cops, <clears throat> what happened? I'm 42 years old. Right. I've been pulled over. I've been given tickets. I got a DUI. <clears throat> I don't hate cops at all. Right. You know why? I was out there playing stupid games. Yep. Won me some stupid Two prizes. prizes. Welcome right. to the game, yeah, bro. That's Welcome it. to life, that's bro. That's like, it. So my thing is this, is that if you are so anti-cop that I know, well, what'd you do? Right. What did you get caught doing that you feel like the cop that was just doing his job treated you unfair? That would be like me saying, that cop gave me a DUI. Right. No, I went out and got one. Yeah. You got to take the responsibility yeah. of these things on your own. That's true. That's See? True. Maybe I should be heading up the Be a Better Me Foundation. I, you no. should. I'm getting I things know. done. Terrible Listen, idea. I'm getting things done. No, that would be a terrible idea. You are right. It's a terrible idea. You are right. We will end the show by passing out these four tickets for the Be a Better Me Foundation, their annual community fundraiser. Next on the program, just to, if in case you don't win these, it is tonight at the St. George Romanian Church, 30th Street Northwest. Six to seven is your cocktail hour. Seven p.m. dinner tickets are forty bucks, but you can win four of them next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com, and we're joined in studio by our good buddy, Officer Lamar Sharp of the Canton Police Department. Now, you reminded me of something just now, and I'm angry about it. Because we were talking about this local rapper the other day. Fiji Macintosh, yeah. or Fuji Macintosh, or whatever his no, name is. No, it's Fiji. Is it Two Fiji? apples. Two apples, put them together. Fiji Macintosh. Well, I couldn't remember if the apple was Fiji or Fuji. I couldn't remember. All right, so Fiji Macintosh, he's a local rapper, and this kid's got three billboards in Canton, Ohio. Then there I am. I'm going down the street the other day. What was it, 12th Cleveland over there, somewhere around yes. there? And there's you on a goddamn billboard. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was weird they went with actual size in Lamar. I thought that was a little strange. I, uh, dude, what do I got to do to get a billboard in this town? I know. That's I, I don't know what I did. <laughs> Lamar Sharp is doing his Be a Better Me Foundation. This is tonight, or his uh, uh, you know community fundraiser for the Better Be a, Be a Better Me Foundation. There it Jesus, is. I just want to go home. <laughs> Friday. This is uh, Friday evening tonight. St. George Romanian Church, six to seven is your cock. Cocktail hour, 7 p.m. is dinner. Tickets are 40 bucks. We'll pass out a couple of pair here in a few moments. Um, I think, dude, Fantone said to me about a year and a half ago, two years ago. I said, dude, there's this cop here, and uh, he's a big deal, and he's going to be a really big deal, and this is going, this thing's going to explode, and I feel like you're on the brink. Like I start to see you're you're starting to be more and more places. Like Home of Bash came down and was like doing some stuff with you. Every time I turn around, you're like on my timeline. Yeah. Everybody's like everybody's wanting to be your friend. Yeah. So so here here's what dude, this is all I ask. Just don't forget me, dude. Listen. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to We I were separated you. at birth, you and I, I and we found it. We found each other. And this is this is a romantic moment. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm trying to get my like my my weekly slots here, so I can just hang out all day. <laughs> well, dude, they may end up pushing me out. You yeah, may, yeah, it's a possibility. I, 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 you may end up with listen, a daily listen, slot. Listen, listen, we come as a package. <laughs> you you uh you are definitely one of the most heavily requested segments on the show. People are always for sure. excited for you to come in, and one of those people 
is my mom. She found out this morning. She found out this morning that you were coming in, and my mom loves you. And she was like, "Hey, get a picture of Lamar Sharp." And I'm like, "Oh, the two of us together." And she's like, "No, just a picture of Lamar Sharp and send it to me." My mom's asking me. She's like, "She's like, he's got trading cards, right?" And I'm like, "I don't know, mom. I think maybe he gives them to kids." And she's like, "If you can get one of those, you get me one of those." Okay, like, here. Oh, okay, here's I, okay. Here's what we're going to do instead. Oh man, we will be taking photos. Okay, of officer. Lamar Sharp, but we will be sending them to Mr. Fantone right. and saying, this is what was requested, buddy. Have fun never sleeping ever again. Have fun with that. Wait a minute. You have a goddamn trading card? Yeah. What was your rookie year? Ah! <laughs> My rookie year, I had uh, 3,000 arrests and uh, I saved like 20 cats. <laughs> <laughs> when are you actually... This is gonna sound like a rude question because I like I don't ever really see you policing. <laughs> like you're not, like yeah. I uh, like like I like how much are you working these days? I work. I mean, it's Listen, a lot, right? I work like I get paid for forty hours, but I work probably eighty hours. A week. Jesus, yeah. you know what you were saying to me earlier, and uh, and uh, this was off the air, and uh, it made me realize I got to stop complaining about it. <laughs> no, it, it it really did. Because I bitch sometimes about the fact that I have this job and um, am undervalued, and so I, I'll still pull you know bartending shifts here and there. So does Fantone, and then but you have second jobs, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. And and I know a lot of police officers do that; they have to pick up second work. And like when you reminded me of that, I was like, yeah, dude, I should stop bitching about how I got to <laughs> do more. Jobs. I was like, dude, I really got to stop complaining uh, about that. Yeah. Speaking of one of those second jobs, I do want a little a little rundown of this. Uh, I, I I know you have recently uh, you know moved in this in this capacity, uh, but you are a coach of McKinley High School football. Bulldogs yeah. representing right there. You guys in the weight room? We uh we looking for a good season this year? Oh yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna compete. Okay, we, you know the tradition over at McKinley is just win. That all is we, all we all you got to do until you run into Maslin. Hey, listen. Ooh, ouch. Ooh, ouch. 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 They got them last year, but. They did. You know, we got. Yeah, I had an egg on my face on that one. Yeah, but you know, this is the thing is you go back to the drawing board and you make some changes, and Reardon's, he's he's a great coach. You know, he's he's awesome. I like him. And he's just seeing some different things because, I mean, I was at Glen Oak for four years, so. Um, Scott Garcia. Yeah, I didn't know you had switched over. Yeah, that's that's my buddy, too. We're still still friends. You know, it's just an opportunity. Um, so people might not know, but you played college football, mm-hmm. where and that was Kansas University, of Kansas, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. All right, so <laughs> I love that. So <laughs> I do want. I need to know this. So you went to Kansas. Mm-hmm. You live in Ohio. Yeah, Patriots fan. Yes. Yeah, I know where you were going. <laughs> yeah. I already knew where you were going yeah. with it. I saw the look in your face. And you're a pa- <laughs> you're you're a Patriots fan. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. How how did this happen? Well, you know, Bill Belichick, man. Let's, when the Browns left, what are you going to do? It's like, right. I tried to like Cincinnati. No. Oh, is that one that's happened yeah, though? Is I like, was like, nah. Okay. So I tried to like the Steelers. That was <laughs> no. So I started playing Madden. Okay. I started playing Madden. I'm like, Patriots. Patriots yeah. is the way to go. Yeah, Tom Brady's okay. I mean, no, number, no, 12, was, number 12 is okay. He's so. That was Bledsoe oh. then. Wow. Yeah, so that was Bledsoe. So I, I will like, ask you, and you are a fan, so we got to, you know, we got to take that into account. Is Tom Brady the best quarterback ever? Yes. Now, do you buy into this theory that, you know, Montana, four championships, perfect in them, didn't have the play calling in his helmet and and, and all this? Now, I always discount that No. and say that is equaled out by the fact that Joe Montana had his roster Mm -hmm. the entire time he was there. Right. 
Defense stayed together. Right. Had the, had a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady's never had a, outside of Randy Moss, and they didn't win the title. Tom right. Brady does not have a Hall of Fame receiver, and so like I think that those things get countered right. by that. Where it's like when you flip rosters over every two seasons in the NFL the way you do now, mm-hmm. and you still win championships like yeah. that, you're pretty damn good. Oh well, yeah, I think too the, the the game has changed so much because defenses are so like the it's. Like I remember when I got my when I looked at my little three day playbook at the Browns and I went from my college playbook being like this to my three day book was like this it was like yeah. a Bible. No like, wonder they can't do it. Right. <laughs> Y'all might need to trim it. Can I get the uh, cliff notes? <laughs> but, now, how do you feel about the Browns being on hard knocks? Hard knocks. Yeah. Ugh. It, I it's gonna be all about the Baker. It is going to be all. And about you're going to have an issue because everybody. It's going to be that quarterback controversy all over. Again. That's what I keep saying. I'm yeah. like, dude, by, by week two of this thing, be, people be, are going to be screaming yeah. for Baker yeah. Mayfield. Baker, Baker, yeah. Baker. Yeah. He was going to go zero and three, sit. and he's going to be right out. Let that man sit because if they have not learned from history, when you throw him in there, because I'm going to tell you, like. Tim Couch, I thought he could have been amazing. That's Fantone's thing. Fantone loves Tim Couch. Listen, he threw a ball over my head, and I heard it sizzling. Really? Yes. Oh, so you played against him? No, I was in. I was in that camp. Oh, you oh, were, oh that was that's that, right. That, that, okay, okay. That's right. That's okay. Right. Yeah, and he threw a little hook over my head, and I heard it, and I was turning my head, and I hear it, and I went, "Wow!" I, was, I just looked. I thought it was a bug, <laughs> but so some wow. buzzing in my ear. It was his throw. To hear that from you, I'm glad because yes. I've been saying that. Yeah. I feel like I've been saying oh, that for yeah. five years. With like, dude, everyone wants to crap on this dude. Talk about how he's the biggest draft bust of all time. It's like, yeah, man, no. that career could have been went totally different yeah. had it not been for the Browns organization. Actually, Munch this morning told us he that guy can barely lift his arm over like what like the center of his chest or something. Like he has a hard time lifting his arm because of how many times he got driven into the ground. Right? Oh, I believe it. Yeah, I mean, dude, they did. They destroyed him. Officer Lamar Sharp, you're doing your event tonight for the better. Be a better me. Found Foundation, your annual community fundraiser. It is tonight at the St. George Romanian Church. Mm-hmm. Six to seven is your cocktail hour. Seven p.m. is dinner. Tickets are forty bucks. You can grab them at the door. Yeah. We're also going to give away two pairs right now. We're going to take callers number seventeen and eighteen at one 7625 We'll have your tickets here. You will have to come to the radio station to pick those up. Teresa will get you hooked up with a thousand dollars at ten ten. Aside from that, we're done for the week. Thank the dear Lord. Be back <laughs> at it live Monday morning, six a.m. on Rock one hundred six nine. You guys have an awesome and safe weekend. Have fun at Rock on the Range. We'll see you again next week. See you. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.